This episode is brought to you by Simple Mobile. Tired of being tied down with a wireless contract? Switch to Simple Mobile and stay connected on a powerful nationwide 5G network. Unlimited talk, text, and data starts at $30 a month with no contracts, activation fees, or credit checks. Visit simplemobile.com today. Out with the old, in with the simple. Compatible 5G-capable device and SIM require. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. One month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at simplemobile.com. Alex Carell is one of over 70,000 Google Career Certificate graduates. The Google Career Certificate program completely changed the trajectory of my life. I've always been interested in computers, but I never thought I could turn this into a career. Anytime I got a little break, I'd just pop open the course on my phone. That allowed me to have that path into a career that I'm passionate about. Train online for in-demand jobs in IT, UX design, data analytics, project management, and more. Visit grow.google slash certificates. Good morning, Honey Hole Hangout. I think you could have kept it going, honestly. It's starting to to wear a little bit. It was getting you a little bit. Boxing arena. Right. Mm -hmm. Introduction. That was nice, though. That was nice. You're wearing a fresh shirt. Yeah. Will you show it off to the group? Would you like to say what it? Would you like to say what it says? It depends. (laughs) (laughs) It's very nice. It's a good color. It's very fitting. It is a good color. Olive. Yeah. My favorite. I figured you'd like olive. Yeah. The way the way his jacket's opening, it just says depends. (laughs) It depends. (laughs) You know, to be honest, I was gonna buy depends diapers as well. Uh, wow. To give okay. you, to give you with them, but they were way too expensive. Like this joke isn't worth forty dollars. Really no, lean no, into no, the whole no. thing. Is that how much depends cost? Yes. Forty a package, bucks. A package is forty dollars. Jeez. Yeah. That's a lot of so, money. It is a lot of money. It would have been yeah. A gag gift is like five to ten bucks. Yes. Max. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Unless it's just completely hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like if you're you rolling, yes. Diapers. I don't know if we'd be laughing that long. No. It'd be funny for a minute. It was funny just to mention on the podcast for like a minute. There you go. You save yourself yeah. 40 bucks. Yeah, I save myself 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a special guest. Yeah, we do. Gabe. Good afternoon. I think Good he's, evening. according to Instagram, he's our number one fan. That's Woo! what I've been told. <laughs> yeah. I've got a badge and everything. Oh, you man. have a badge? Yeah, when that thing came on, I was excited. I told the wife, and she just uh, ignored <laughs> she, me. So. Did, you, did you scan the badge to enter the podcast studio? <laughs> I get that. It seemed like to be pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> do we have swipe? The garage door was open. Wait, do we have credit card swipes now? Or like swipe badges? That's bougie. Yeah. <laughs> There's a yeah. square. Someone had a square. Little do you know, we actually have a legit podcasting studio. Now, it's yeah, crazy. Ian, you got to come down and see it. But now that Dude, you're in HD, everyone thinks you're already here. Yeah, it's true. Ian it's because- in HD, <laughs> dude. Ian in HD. <laughs> so, in, if you if this is your first time listening, this is Honey Hole Hangout, where we hang out, talk about hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and uh, we're happy to have you here. And uh, today, we're going to talk about bourbon. Mm-hmm. Is our main topic because Gabe is somewhat of a uh, bourbon expert, sommelier yeah. of you know, bourbon. For, can we call you a bourbon boy? 
Can we call you like... Bourbon man. (laughs) Burman. What is it? Is it a sommelier? Wine. Sommelier is wine. What's the bourbon equivalent of a sommelier? Drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, that's exactly right. No, I mean, look, I'm... I only have as much of an education that Google can provide me in this stuff. So um, I'll help out with whatever questions you guys have. Yeah, it's, we're excited. There is this group, though, that will, uh, they do like a whiskey sommelier thing, but it's like not, there's no actual like accreditation or something. I think it's just people who take your money. No, well, no, there is, there is one in Austin. Um, oh, yeah, 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 those guys. Yeah, those, those guys. Is uh, it legit or is it like, hey, pay $100 no, and we'll give you a certificate no, to hang it's on legit. your wall? Like you're, you're spending a couple thousand dollars, but usually the people that are doing it are, are business owners mm-hmm. um, or people within the industry that are doing it. And uh, yeah, it's just like a, another accreditation to have or yeah, a certificate. Then do they show yeah. you the chip of copper in the back room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pay the extra five bucks to get that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it comes with a free admission to uh, the San Antonio Zoo. But does that uh, does that couple thousand dollars get you access to some pretty awesome bourbons? They do tastings, but I don't. I have no idea. Mm. I'm sure online they'll, they'll show you. But I th- I think it's mainly to, to get you a better understanding of what these taste profiles are, how they're made, um, how it's marketed. I think is the big thing. Um, but uh, but past that, I haven't really mm-hmm. dove into that. But um, but they're there. So before we actually get started, we have an argument to settle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does bourbon have to be con- from Kentucky? Cliff no. says yes. Zach says no. No, Zach. Zach is is correct. <laughs> and when he followed back up with that argument, I was like, "Yeah, that sounds right," because <laughs> um, he said it with such conviction. Um, but no, I mean, and we were we were at Specs the other day, and, mm-hmm. and we saw a number of, of you know, there's Texas bourbons, there was that. So as long as it follows that within that criteria, we're okay. The reason I say and that, what's the criteria again? Oh, uh, what was it? It was fifty one percent corn rash bill, um, new, uh, new charred oak, charred oak, uh, and that's that's a big one. Cause I think it's to be white oak too, right? right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and and then just some other stuff. I think it has to go in a certain proof, has to come out a certain proof. Under it has to come out uh, under one thirty. Why am I here? He can just do this whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm here to help you out, No, it, it's it's something to that effect. Yeah. And and again, it, there's so much there's so much um, you know stuff with it. There's variations on it. Um, but again, I think a lot of that's just marketing. You know, you I think there's it's either Jim Bean or or Jack Dan, one of them, where it, it is a bourbon, but it's not marked as such because they say we coal filter yeah it's uh, jack daniels because yeah. they have they call it tennessee whiskey because they they char their own wood and then every single drop of jack goes to a silo that is full of charcoal and so every drop filters itself through this huge hundred foot silo to get more of that flavor through it and they say it like adds like a vanilla creaminess to it mm-hmm. and stuff i don't know i've been to the jack daniels distillery that's how i know that and and the, one of the things is bringing up too is is um you know it's in my head, kind of laughing a little bit. I think a couple of episodes ago, you had brought in that uh, bell mead. Oh yeah, yeah, right on the back of the bell mead, though, it should say distilled from. Uh, what do we say, uh, Lawrenceburg, Indiana? Yeah, right. So it's not distilled. No, there at all. They they're they're sourcing their barrels. And I believe we still have it over there. Yeah. So in the uh, it might be in my place. At the on the back of it, it'll say you know. Usually, you'll look for things like bottled by. Um, produced by those are all going to come from they're going to be sourced yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that uh, one of the larger ones is going to be um, MGP 
uh, sources a ton of whiskeys for a lot of brands. Pinhook, uh, Bellmead, I think is one. Um, a couple of episodes I sent you guys the uh, the midwinter night scram mm-hmm. uh, from High West is another one that's that's brought mm-hmm. in from them. Uh, but they they go and and you know they're looking for certain flavor profiles and, and so they go just, and pick their barrels. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they tell they tell MGP what they're looking for and and MGP just sources premium whiskeys and. And and then they they buy it off them. And again, a lot of this stuff is it, it takes a long time to get off, you know, get get going. And so by by sourcing these barrels, they can start a brand while they have their right. stuff aging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what um, uh, Ben Milam did, mm-hmm. and now Milam and Green. And then uh, what is it, Oak and Eden? Yeah, there's a lot of them. So Oak and Eden, they. But what they do is they're based out of Dallas, but they source all their bourbon or their whiskey, and then they finish it. They call it. Right. They add this like spindle. They put it in the bottle with their their bourbon as they bottle it, and that way they introduce fresh wood with a flavor profile to it. That way, in the bottle, it still can age when it's sitting on the shelf before you buy it. Yeah, some of that again is it's right. cool it's marketing. marketing. Yeah. I mean, it looks cool. I bought a bottle because yeah. of it. You know, it, it looks great. Um, and and then you have um. Exactly that. I mean, they can they can do whatever they want with it um, right. once they have that source. But they have that whiskey, and MGP does. Like I said, there's a lot of really good brands that I know. When I started doing this, um, there was a lot of things that you know, I was like, I don't know, it's not you know, it's not from Buffalo Trace. You know, kind of get a little yeah. snooty. But when you when you start really opening up to some of them, there's like I said, Pinhook is is a great brand. Um, there's a lot of you know other ones that are that are on there that you know are fantastic. I think. Um, uh, Angel's Envy, I think, is, is an MVP yep, as well. Yeah, we had that here a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's, it's good stuff. You yeah. know, it, it's good stuff. Um, one in particular that I, I've recently liked uh, a lot has been uh, Smoke Wagon. Right. And they're out of Nevada, uh, but the, the guy sources those those barrels in, does what he does, blends them and stuff like that. Some really good stuff. Finally just came to Texas, I think, like three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those have been hard to come by. Um, but, uh, but a solid, a, a very good, very good whiskey. They have several different ones. Um, from uncut to uh, to straight to um, just a couple of different offerings. Yeah. There. So yeah, pretty good stuff. So we got a question um, for you, Gabe. Um, have you heard of the bar nineteen nineteen? Yes, I have a coin from them as well. Um, is it a challenge coin? Yeah. Well, it's not a challenge coin. More so, is like you pay a couple extra bucks, but you get a discount every time you go oh, okay. because you have that coin. Uh-huh. But yeah, they have a ton, a ton of, of and stuff. They're King Williams District. Or Southtown? Uh, I think it's like the Blue Star. Okay. Blue Com- Star. Yeah, yeah. Blue, Blue Star. Star. And then I think they're opening up a new one in La Cantera, uh, if not La Cantera, by the Rim, uh-huh. where they're going to have, I think, a, like a thousand more bottles than what they have at 1919. Oh. Yeah, it's going to have more. And that should have been at least open. I don't know. All, all that stuff was in talks, and then and COVID, then COVID happened. happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bar 1919 is fantastic. Is that your favorite place to go try Whiskey in town? You know, it just depends what you're looking for. Uh, 1919's good. Um, Jet Setter downtown was always a fun place to go goof off. Uh, the Modernist is another one that, that's pretty neat. But Do you like whiskey cake? I mean, I know it's a little yeah, more no, like mainstream. It, you know? it depends on what you're wanting. Like, if you're just wanting it straight, yeah, whiskey cake's going to have a lot of stuff. Right. Um, bar 1919's going to have a lot of stuff, uh, especially 1919. Man, they, they just, it's, it's like 25 pages of you just, know, their menu yeah. uh, for, you know, tequila, a bunch of stuff. Right. Um, 
but that it, it just depends what you want to do. I like the modernist because you can go with like mixed drinks and they'll, they'll do some cool stuff and you know that bartender wise to kind of let them do their art. You know, right, kind of just oh, look yeah. at you like they yeah. read you and, and they're it's like, in an old yeah. house. Yeah. It's in an old house right there by the Pearl, so that's pretty good too. But it just depends, and you know if you're looking for certain things like George C. Stag or like the BTAC uh, Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, that's uh, I think dropping um, now in, in in San Antonio. Um, you know, just be looking at price points. You know, downtown, sure. they might have them. You know, I, say an ounce and a half is going to run you like fifty to sixty dollars. Yeah. Um, what is the whiskey cake here? Had Pappy, I think the twenty year. That was like two hundred fifty dollars for a pour or something like that. Yeah, um, and and um and then I think cured cured uh, in the pearl had yeah. a special a couple of months ago where they had I think either the it was like the fifteen one of them. Yeah. Um, and it was like. Cheap forty dollars a pour, like okay, they were just yeah. getting having a special, and it was fantastic. I know the couple of guys that went over there and cleaned out the bottle, um, and so yeah, there's it just depends on what you want to do, how much you want to spend, what you're looking for, if you want to try stuff. You know, I, I would definitely say like, yeah, it kind of costs a little bit to, you know, to go to a bar and pay for it, but in the long term, it's probably better to determine like I liked it. You know, it's fifteen dollar investment to figure if you like the bottle or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And they probably have stuff that's hard to find. Oh yeah, well, of well, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. There's a lot of stuff because of the the explosion of bourbon right now that it's all hard to come by. Mm-hmm. I mean, even what we're staring at right now is is a pain, right? To, you know, yeah. To get. And there's even like the, like those bottles that, like even just like a regular bottle of Buffalo Trace, which used to be not that hard to come by at all. A lot of this stuff right? wasn't hard to wasn't hard. To oh come really? By. Yeah. Um, talking with with a lot of um, business owners and stuff, uh, just in passing, 10, 15 years ago, Blanton's was. You know, getting dust on the shelf. Really? You know, no one cared about it. Yeah. And and then of course with with the internet and all of that stuff, um, you know, it's it's just grown in popularity and it exploded. And then you know you have movies like John Wick and those other things that are like, oh, what, what's that bottle? You yeah. Know, and they've never seen it. And it kind of boost the bourbon a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Plus, I feel like everyone moved from like craft beer to craft bourbon. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it's going to come with the territory. I mean, it, it's grown in, in such popularity that. You know, there's money to be made. Yeah, you know, and and so there's a lot of lot of companies that are coming out of the uh, out of the woodwork and 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 other distilleries that are coming from other states down into. I can bring in what they've already had, but that way they have their stuff. Yeah, re- it wasn't distributed. Yeah, you know, like uh, you know, we're hearing the Yingling beer is finally going to be coming. Yeah, pretty soon, right? yeah, that's crazy. Um, and, <laughs> and and so you know you have you have distilleries like um, New Rift. Um, Smoke Wagon, again, was one. I'm trying to think what else was out there. For sure, the biggest one, the biggest drop that I've seen in the last six months has been Smoke Wagon, yeah. um, which is huge because there was such a cold following for it and, and people getting buddies to bring it in or through secondary finding it and, mm. and getting it that way. So uh, we'll table the rest of this conversation. I, know, I can see her and talk about bourbon for like the next couple hours, but yeah, yeah, yeah. probably probably just stick to the, the time. So we'll uh, we'll 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 pick this back up and get more into like the black market aspect of of bourbon. But uh, there's another question for you, Gabe. Uh, Sam asked, "When is Gabe going to pick up fly fishing? Seems like the next step after all his euro nymphing." Um, and th- that's a great <laughs> question. Wait, wait, who asked that? <laughs> Sam asked. That is a, that is a great question. Um, 
it, it's it's funny coming from him. Um, all all of the incorrect information's provided me. Uh, I'm surprised he, he's still employed. Uh, but that's okay. It's, he, he's not here to defend himself. It's okay. I'll get him later. Um, I I started Euro nymphing uh, last year. I got a, a Cortland rod. Uh, I forget where I saw it, but I was like, you know, this seems fun. And I started using it for bass, and it has been it has been pretty neat. So you know, fly fishing for or euro nymphing for bass, I've caught some pretty 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 good size uh, guads, as well as um, some pretty good size carp on um, on a euro nymph. So it's just something different. I think I like those. I like the flies more than than anything else. Um, is that us? No, it's <laughs> <a favorite> dog. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. But he does every time that dog comes out of his apartment, and he's got taking him for a walk. He just barks all the way up this parking lot. And he doesn't nice because he can. This is an outdoor podcast, so you guys get the sounds of nature of household dogs I walking. This, I think you guys should rotate this out. You should be in the back of a Waterburger one evening. That'd be awesome. Yo, we think you know we should have gone to Donkey Lady Bridge, but Ooh, yeah, yeah, I think we chickened out. Yeah, I think we. No, nah, I think what it boils down to is it is kind of hard to. Move all the equipment. It's true. Like, we don't have a to generator. have like the generator, or you, we could do it based off of a marine battery and just hook oh, it yeah. up. That's yeah, true. then have an inverter. But yeah. it's just easier to do it. And I got a regular one ten in my Jeep. Yeah, we can run it out of the back of that. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, sorry. Back back to Sam's question. Um, when he <laughs> when he stops uh, taking pictures of uh, dolphin watching trips down to the coast. Um, I'll help him out, you know, <laughs> get him on some fish. <laughs> um, the next question is, and I haven't ever seen this, but maybe you guys have ever watched the film, the river and the wall, what you know, what do you know about a bi national park? I've never, have seen you ever that. seen that? Never. Anybody? Of it. Well, there is bi national parks. Cause like, there's the one, there's like a couple like between Texas and Mexico. And there's a few between the United States and Canada. Like that was the whole thing with like the border wall was that it would run through it. Not, and not the national part, not uh, big Ben, but it would go through other state parks and like just wildlife preserves that um, animals had to migrate from one to the other. And by putting that there, it would disrupt their, their migration and their movement. I gotcha. Hmm. I, I'd be uh, kind of curious now. I'll watch it and we'll, we'll report back. Is it on Netflix? I don't know. What was the name of it? Uh, Jamie, would you like to see <laughs> yeah, where we can watch? Do uh, job, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. We, we have Jordan with us again. What's the question for Jamie? Um, <laughs> will you look up the film The River and the Wall and see where we might be able to watch it? And maybe give us a quick synopsis. In the meantime, um, Ian asked... How old am I? Because today's my birthday. Ooh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank Aww. you. I'm 28 today. Doesn't Dude, day I sent you a gift, but it hasn't got boy. there yet. Yeah. Do, do what? <laughs> how old are you, Cliff? <laughs> okay. Hey, Cliff, how old, are the, how old are you? Old enough. Cliff is 30. That's what I thought. I was like, I'm pretty sure Cliff's the big 3-0. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest uh, in the, so you of can the Honey watch Hole it. crew. You can watch it on Hulu with a premium subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, IMDb gives it a 6.2 out of 10. Okay. 100% so. on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Uh, 91% likes of Google users like this movie. 
You know what? That's a pretty solid review. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what it's about, but hey. Five friends embark on a 1,200-mile mountain bike, horse, and canoe expedition down the Rio Grande Ooh. to document the borderlands between before construction of a wall and to explore how it would impact wildlife, immigration, public lands, border security, and landowners. Oh, man. Mm. Guys. It does sound, it sounds right must, up our must alley. Must be nice not to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the... Are you playing a preview or something? We yeah. probably can't do that. Yeah, that's why it might not yeah. be yeah. appropriate. <laughs> let's, let's... I don't think we can play it, so... No, it's their standard trailer. Yeah, but also, you, I don't think you can play the media online. Yeah, we, I mean, there's a fair use for like eight seconds, but also <laughs> we are an audio media format. <laughs> we'll send you a link. Um, we got a hot take. Uh, Ooh, pretty hot. Hunting with a blind and feeder isn't real hunting. Okay, false. All right, Cliff, false. defend your defend your uh... because. <clears throat> All right, so the way I'm going to take it is if you're saying that, then you're also saying hunting over a cut field or a food plot, which are standard uses of hunting in other areas of the country, then that wouldn't be considered hunting because they're still using blinds there as well and and hunting over a food plot. Then fishing wouldn't be real unless you're out there with your hands. Right. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, I... I see the argument, and I used to think along the same lines of it's not fair to hunt because I thought, yes, these feeders are going off at certain times. Like, you can set them at 7 a.m. or whatever time you want to go off, but that's not a guarantee that the animals are going to come up to it at 7 Mm a.m. Now, you can, with the help of trail cams, dial in when they normally do come in, but that's never a guarantee. Same thing with over a food plot. You set up a camera on a food plot, and you can see exactly when those animals are coming into the food plot as well. So if you're saying hunting over a feeder in a blind is not real hunting, but then you consider hunting over a food plot in a blind real hunting, then that's something you have to take in consideration because there's a mm-hmm. a conflict of ideology there. Yeah, and you and you may not like the hunter and feeder, but I also don't necessarily like the idea of gatekeeping other people, right, from hunting under a feeder. Right. Like right. if if you are a weekend warrior and you get one weekend a year to go hunt, and your main goal is to provide food for your family. Sit in the blind and shoot under a feeder if it's legal in your state, right? In Texas, the majority of it is that. And if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Plus, I've missed deer under a feeder, right? It doesn't mean you're guaranteed a, right. a deer. And I've sat under a feeder and have been completely skunked right. on multiple occasions. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's to it, it's the ideology. It's the, the Westy mentality of only going out on public land archery elk hunt is the only true proof true purest form of hunting which is a myth well we as like i feel like people in general like stories right like Mm -hmm. we we want to be able to share that story and if you say hey i hiked you know like when we hiked for those cutthroat trout like that's a story because Mm -hmm. we hiked so far to get them and catch them like there's something to remember that yeah versus like 
you know, if you go, if it's your first deer, yeah. But like, you know, I do get that part that there's not, there's less of a story if you're hunting under a feeder versus like I'm hiking miles and miles and miles into the woods to get it. But at the same time, like stories aren't I think, everything. I think then you're conflating the romanticization, the For romanticization, sure. the yes. romanticizing, yeah, <laughs> more than the the practicality of what it is. For sure. And so I I have to disagree. I'm not going to say it depends on this. I disagree that. Hunting under a feeder with a blind is still hunting. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a solid question, and I think moving forward, I'm going to use a spear and a loincloth. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we're going to do it right. That, that's, exactly, do it right. that's exactly the argument, is yeah. like, where, where is that arbitrary line that this person is drawing? Yeah. Like, because if you're using a compound bow out west, you're still having mechanics that are helping you out there, or mm-hmm. mechanisms that are helping you is out there. Is an acorn tree a feeder? Exactly. Maybe. If you plant it there. Yeah. Well, even if you found found like a native like acorn forest and you set up a camera in that little area and you figured out, dialed in where those when those deers are coming in to feed on those acorns, you're technically hunting a feeder at that point. Yeah. So it's it's an arbitrary line that someone's trying to draw to justify in their mind to inflate their own mm-hmm. ego. Yeah, for sure. But I do like Gabe's sentiment of like, yeah, I'm only going to do it right now. Spear and loincloth. <laughs> oh, and that and that spear was actually made from a branch and you know yeah from, from that, from that, that right. and from you yeah. chisel the rock yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, where do you even buy a loincloth? Or is a loincloth something you like make yourself? I mean, Amazon, like, I feel like, Amazon, yeah, yeah. 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 Amazon yeah. or the adult megaplex. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> All right. I think we have a new review to read. Actually, two new reviews. Ooh. Written reviews. We're doing pretty well. We have 17 five-star reviews. Nice. And six written reviews. So we're, we're almost to 10. So if you guys go write a written review on Apple Podcasts. You have a high chance of winning. You have a high chance of winning a price pack valued anywhere from $35 to $1,000. Was it 1000 or a million? A million. A million. Probably closer to the 35 but you never know. Yeah, you never know. Cross your it's fingers. It's up in the air. It's at least 35 So uh, this review is just titled, Great. Listening to this podcast is really entertaining. It really gets me through the night during work. First few episodes were kind of slow, but the more Cliff ripped a few, <laughs> it really got me interested. Listening to all the hunting and fishing stories really makes my time fly by. It makes me think of all the hunting stories I've accumulated through all the 19 years of my life. Keep up the good work, guys, and maybe one day I can be lucky enough to be a guest on this great podcast. Do you know who it was? Um... No. Mm. That's okay. Uh, and uh, this other review is, it's, it's titled, It's Good. It started out as a two-star review, but it grew on me like a wart. <laughs> I still don't understand what a honeypot is. I think that needs to be explained better. The emails from Woodtip Pickle Chip are very entertaining, and as always, the examples of what not to do when hunting and fishing are very educational. Keep up the good work. Very nice. Also, we don't have another Woodtip email this week unfortunately i think i made him mad honestly when you told him to, uh, to, to talk to correct his grammar mm. so i would like to uh ooh, ian's calling me hey ian hey what's up ian i don't know what happened but 
Mm. I think Amazon kicked me off for that comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, now, now tonight you're going to get a bunch of loincloth uh, <laughs> yeah, promos your, on your, your recommendations. Yeah, recommendations will be everywhere. Loincloths on sale. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, like. And the only thing on Spotify will be Phil Collins. Thanks, Bezos. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I think I upset Woodtip. And I kind of, so I'd like to apologize to Woodtip for telling him to correct his grammar. You know, maybe you can't or maybe you don't want to, but we would sure appreciate if you sent some more emails in. And actually, preferably an audio file would be most ideal so our listeners can listen to you in the flesh because you have become a fan favorite. A fan favorite. You are quite a member of our podcast now based on the public response. Where's that, uh, other review at the it's great somewhere great oh i'll uh i'll show it to you later okay yeah it's on a different it's on a different uh, podcast medium yeah so all right i think um are you guys ready to get into oh you guys do any like hunting or fishing this week did i um no i don't think so so me and will fished with chris for the euro carping how was that um it was super slow i did catch a catfish um, I did see that, that picture. he didn't keep. No, I, di- I didn't keep. No, Cliff was quite upset when he arrived that I didn't keep it. Yeah. I didn't have a cooler. I did. Well, <laughs> you showed up late. You could have kept that catfish out of the water for like three more minutes. And yeah, I but at there. that point, I didn't know you were. No, no, I think I did know you were you coming. You did know I was coming. I did. I can't you, say you, that. You called me and was like, where you at? I said, I'm chilling in a P. Terry's parking lot waiting <laughs> for 530 till we can go to Da Dewey. <laughs> And you said, do you want to come over here? And I was like, yes, please. Yeah. So, but it was really slow. Uh, Chris worked really hard. I would say that we could like advertise him on the podcast, but that was actually his last Euro carp guided trip because he's moving down to the coast. Um, And so it was super fun. And as much as I like to do super active types of fishing, like fly fishing, where you're walking, moving, casting, something going on, the whole time the euro carping is kind of a cool setup uh chris would cast these like um it's really kind of hard to explain but a bait ball he, a bait ball and it's kind of hard to explain the setup though but he had this ball of bait that was soft enough to dissolve in the water but would pack together hard enough that you could cast it it would hit the water and stay together hmm. so basically you throw this bait ball out he was casting these things like a hundred plus yards yeah like rocketing them out there and then, you know, they, they, they sink to the bottom, and when they get to the bottom, they just kind of slowly dissolve in the water. And the, the, we were uh, fishing for smallmouth buffalo, mm. and those buffalo, like, pick up on the scent, and they go root around in the bait ball. But, like, right next to the bait ball is, like, a piece of corn. And, uh, like, uh, uh, I can't remember what the other little piece of bait he had on there was next to a hook. So they root around, and they eat all that, like, good bait. They finally find the piece of corn, they snatch it, and they get hooked. The rods are set up on these like alarms, and so when a fish eats it, it, like when a fish is around it, you just hear it beep, beep. So you're like kind of excited, and then when it goes beep, 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 and then flat lines, mm-hmm. then you know a fish is hooked up. So you go grab the rod and, and then you fight. fight fight the fish. Um, it, so we were just kind of sitting there. We uh, had nice relaxing chairs to sit in. Um, drinking some whiskey, so is this having a, a good time. What you see, like in in like England and stuff, yes. where they have the long, yes, it's like a third. I mean, have like a little rod. little holder that looks kind of like a, this one. Set the rod set flat okay. to the water. They didn't right. sit up. Yeah, but this is definitely popularized like in Europe, and all of his gear comes from Europe. 
Um, it's all like European made gear because no one here makes that gear. There is a distributor here, but it's all European, stuff. all European Just stuff. Get a tin Cara rod and yeah, tin Cara rod. Just get a couple uh, carp. Yeah, you're you're a pro at that apparently. No, no, I use a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can face oh, my yeah, friend. Good man. That I euro and I do not tin car. But right. yeah, it was super fun. And then after that, we went to uh, die. We went to die Dewey for my birthday. Which, if you guys don't know, that's uh, Jesse Griffith's restaurant in Austin, and he's a uh, pretty popular slash famous wild game chef. And uh, we went there and had a great dinner. I had a pork chop. Cliff had a pork. <clears throat> and they're wild pork. Pork porterhouse. No, I don't think ours were. Gotcha. They're wild. They're air quote wild. I mean, because you can't deal in uh, the selling of wild game meat. Right. Yeah. But it is like wild exotic animals. Uh Gotcha. But from a, a farm of some sort mm-hmm. gotcha, would be gotcha, my gotcha. understanding. Yeah. But it was super good. Have you been, Zach? I'm not. Yeah. No, I wanted to go. You should. I, I would consider it like a great place to go on a date. Yeah. I would take McKenna there. Um, His main uh, protein is Nilgai. Actually, Neil guy, And I would actually argue that it's probably uh, hog at oh, this really? point. Yeah, a lot well, of... He's known oh, as the hog guy now. A lot of pork. He had steaks on the menu. He had... Uh, Will got black drum. Ooh, um, yeah. He had like a, a Wagyu burger. Okay. Um, so he... There wasn't a lot on the menu, but there's a good variety. Yeah, but he does stuff well. What was the... Um, what was like the price around? I would say expect anywhere... 40 to $60 a plate. Okay. So, no, because that Wagyu burger was about 20 bucks. It was. So, I think like, so you could get out of there under 60 if you if it's just you if you're if you're minding your P's and Q's, right. you could get out for under 60. But but still like so but it's not like with Chris where it's like you're paying 250 $300 for two people. No. Um but I would say on average I would expect if it's you if you're going there and you're wanting to have like a nice dinner and not worry Expect to pay probably a little over a hundred, okay, hundred or so. That's not, I mean, that's like you know a good day night. So. Yeah, and the food is really good. We got like a meat platter as like an appetizer. It's like mm-hmm. wild hog, Neil guy, duck, oh, all cool. kinds of like different, different stuff, stuff. Yeah, on the like, platter. It's like a really good put together charcuterie board. Yeah, yeah. Say that word again, Cliff. Charcuterie board. Charcuterie <laughs> board. I don't know how to say it. I don't know either. That's why I'm asking. I think you're missing the. You don't say the second R. I don't think there's a second R in it. I think, it's like it? I think it's charcuterie. Charcuterie. Yeah, because it's cute. Hmm. Either way, it's a it's a piece of wood with a bunch of meats and cheeses and stuff on it. Yeah, there. it was really good. Uh, Gabe, what whiskey are we drinking tonight? Tonight we have a Stag Junior. Um, this is actually this year's so the 2020 version's 130 proof, and it is kicking me. Yes, it would do that. Uncut, unfiltered. Um, Buffalo Trace product. It is. It is a man's drink. Is, uh, it, is this a chest. hard bottle to find? It is. Um, On a scale from 1 to 10, how hard is this bottle to uh, accumulate? Uh, 7. I think there was 2 drops this year uh, here in town. Maybe 3, um, but for sure 2. Again, it just depends. I know if, if you've got specs points, you, you probably got to call for it. I don't think I got a call on this one, but uh, then again, I can't remember where I got it. I think I might have got it in the WB or someone. Just got lucky. Mm-hmm. 
I will say it is definitely a sipping bourbon. Don't let Jamie here pour you your drink because he will give you three full fingers worth. <laughs> Probably and thought it was like a regular, regular bourbon. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it is a not. stout one. Did you like it, Cliff? I, uh, did, I do like what's it. What's your rating? Oh, yeah. How many honey pots? I am... Uh, I'm, I'm sitting on a cloud right now. Oh, gosh. Now, I will say, listening to all the podcasts and getting to this point and the honeypots and stuff, and I know one of those, one of your, how you've always depend on how easy it is to find. Now, you can probably find this at a bar or at a restaurant right. to get. And I think the price on it is maybe 15 no more than $20 for a two-ounce pour. Right. It's um, not the most expensive pour. It, it isn't. It isn't. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it is, it is definitely hot. Um, I think... Other ones that are close to it would be the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, which I think I have some samples for you guys mm-hmm. here coming. Um, and I'm trying to think what else, what other ones would be out there that are pretty high. Um, but for sure, when you when when you know if you've had bourbons before, Stag is 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 known to be hot. Yeah. What's the uh, the retail on the bottle? Retail on the bottle is like fifty nine bucks. Okay, it's so not bad. Mm-hmm. No, I have my honey pot for it already. My yeah. my dad was confused by the honey pot system, so maybe we need to just. I think what we need to do is revamp it, and what we need to do is all vote on a bottle that we all can get any day of the week, no matter the time, like a. Uh, maker's mark or something like that and that's the baseline okay and then you give it a score based off of that that way people have in their mind like oh i know maker's mark is this and they're giving it three more honey pots over maker's mark Mm, that's everyone, everyone's so you know yeah, their the, opinions are so when it comes right to but at least you you still need like at least a baseline. I see what you're saying. I think maybe it's like the, we keep it forever. I think maybe we just do like a gut check, you know, like, hey, one through five, what do you rate this? Yeah, I would agree. Maybe we don't have to, we don't have to analyze it, you know. We're not writing up reports on it. We yeah, we don't have say. to go through all the technicalities, just like, you taste it, what do you think, one through five right. impressions? And we can talk about the price stuff, but that shouldn't necessarily have an impact on how much you like it. Yeah. Or if you would keep it in your... In your cabinet, yeah. cabinet or whatever. And Ian, I feel bad that you're not here, um, so I'll, I'll try to put some stuff aside for you. Hey, how's to your share when you come down? Oh, I LaCroix. appreciate that, man. Thank you. How's your Lacroix, uh, dude? Dude, okay, I'm drinking a Waterloo today, which is the other brand. It's watermelon <laughs> flavored. It tastes delicious. Uh, so, but, how, I mean, so what is your rating? Will you describe what you're tasting? I think Waterloo's better than than uh, oh, yeah, Lacroix. Is. I feel like. Yeah, I, I feel like Lacroix. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to limit to myself to two. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it takes like, it tastes like carbonated air. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, nice. It's carbonated air set next. To I do like a good one. bourbon though, and a good whiskey. This one would definitely slap you in so, the face for sure. It this is good. good. If you like high proof yeah. bourbons, this is nice. Cliff, yeah. is, Cliff is literally on the floor right now. <laughs> I am oh. not. Oh gosh, Cliff. Cliff, I'm are you okay, buddy? Straight up in my chair, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sitting up in straight up in your chair is an accomplishment, Cliff. <laughs> Sorry. So okay, Cliff, you said you had a rating for this. What I do. What's your it's gonna surprise you. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I would 100% keep this at all times. Really? Yeah. I, I love this whiskey. Yeah, it's very nice. Is it the amount of whiskey that you've had talking? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm feeling good. <laughs> the thing is, like, 
I, I've said on the podcast, no, I don't drink whiskeys and bourbons for personal reasons all that often. But if I do have one, I want it to be that. Like you, like, so you would, know that when you do drink it occasionally, you're just going to flat out enjoy it every time. Right. And I know, like, there's no way I'm going to go overboard on this. Right. I, besides if I let Jordan pour it for me. <laughs> but I know, like, if I wanted, like, a small nightcap or something, I could go pour half a finger, finger in, in a glass. I could sit around. I could work in the garage or whatever and just enjoy it and then set it aside and be done. I get it. Whereas sure. like some of those other ones, then you start like it, get, it goes the other way. No, I get it. Like you, you want something where it's like you can sit, you can enjoy it. Correct. Before you get bored of it. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. And this one I would say meets all those criteria yeah. of like good price point mm-hmm. might be a little bit difficult to find, but I could have it on my shelf for a while and then just enjoy it at my leisure instead of it being like a, a party bourbon for mm-hmm. sure. So what 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 did you rate it? I give it five. Five? I would really? I would definitely buy yeah. this wow. every single time. Yeah. <clears throat> Gut check for me is four and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I really like it and um you know, I typically don't like really hot bourbons as much, mm-hmm. but this is really good. See, that's where I'm I'm gonna come in at a four because Personally, I don't buy super high barrel proof. Um, I love them when I have them, but I consider them more of like a special occasion. Like if I'm at a restaurant and they have one, I'll try. Um, I love it like in this sort of a setting, but I don't feel like I have to keep a high barrel proof in my house as much, mm-hmm. um, especially when Kendall, Kendall likes bourbon a little bit, um, definitely does not like the hot stuff. She likes more mellow, uh, like you know, 40, See, 40 uh, proof to 42 proof. I already stuff. have like stuff in mind. Like if I, if I kept this bottle, <laughs> <laughs> Gabe just, he just shot you a glare <laughs> no, and no, shaking his I, head. No, I'm not saying that, but like if I had this bottle right. in my kitchen, I could drink on it and sip it at my leisure. I also have at least three recipes I could cook that with, oh, yeah. which might be a little sacrilegious, but I think the flavors would pop in that no i and i'm not I, saying I will not give you crap at all i would gladly mix this with agb soda uh, <laughs> you know because it because it is got such a kick and i, and I will say i have done that and it is a cherry bomb uh, uh, i'm not even delicious. saying like a like a mixed drink i have like food recipes hey, that i would yeah. love you to could like. flambe with it because of the proof yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of popularity with this one eating brisket or beef, especially. So like you, you like as a pairing, or what like you yeah. braise That's it. That's what I'm of. thinking. As a pairing, yeah. to, to drink I can it qualify that it tastes good after eating canes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So if you're going hey, for a lot that of high salt, class, a lot of yeah. salt and brisket, a lot of yeah. salt and canes. Now my understanding is this has the same mash bill as um as like Eagle Rare. So okay. and, and Eagle Rare is great. Yeah, but Eagle Rare is cut. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's, I don't think this is a, I think this is a single barrel. But yeah, it's that's cut for yeah. sure. Um, well under this proof. Right. But if you, if you like this, then, you know, it'll still be in that same kind of profile like mm-hmm. uh, your Eagle Rare would be. Yeah. So I'm you, just, I can. And your E.H. Uh, e. Taylor as well will be okay. like. You gave it a four. What do you think, Gabe? Mm-hmm. Stag, I love stag. Um, and I, I like it for exactly, you know, what, what Cliff has said is just, it's complex. It's it's got that heat, um, and I'll jump. You know, I'll jump from scotches 
to to like lighter proof stuff. You know, blends I think is ninety or eighty six proof. It's not it's not that hard. Yeah. Um, but you know th- that's why I think I like some more of the complex stuff. Bland's gold is absolutely amazing because it is a higher proof. Mm. Um, but again, it's it, it just that one was released for the first time in the states, uh, a limited release. Got lucky and got a bottle. But if you're going to the Caribbean, if you're going on a cruise, check check the uh, the shops over there because for the, Blanton's you know, gold, Blanton's gold, because that you can only get that um, outside of the U.S. Why do they Why do they export it? Marketing stuff. In fact, a lot of like with Blanton's, uh, a lot of the stuff is actually sent to Japan. Okay. So um, they have a lot of the barrel uh, straight from the barrel. They have a couple of other versions, uh, Tinkara Red, uh, Silver, some Did you say Tinkara? You mean Cane Pole? <laughs> no. <laughs> cane Pole Red. Um, but, but that you can only get over there or traveling um, internationally. Gotcha. But, yeah, but for sure. I mean, when you look at, when you look at like, the Red Label one, it has all Japanese marking on it. It says blends, but, you know, the top parts is about, you know, mm. uh, the markings and stories all in, in Japanese. Gotcha. Cool. <clears throat> well, so out of five? Oh yeah, I, this is Stag and and George C. Stag are, are my top two. Really? So you're giving it a five, basically? Yeah. yeah so you, yeah, you yeah. put that as like your like one of your top two favorite bourbons? Yeah, I probably easily have like three in reserve on on at home. Really? But it's, you know, again, special occasions. Uh, you know, I'll I'll sip other stuff throughout throughout the year. Um, but you know, if I'm going to a, a party and they're cooking a lot of stuff, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna if I have an extra, I'm I'm bringing it. Yeah. And uh, but you gotta take your time on. And, and again, yes. I think it's so different from other things because of that complexity, that heat. Um, that makes it good. Yeah, you know? it was it was awesome. I also want to point out, this is a Kentucky bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that Texas bourbons are better than Kentucky bourbons. Right. I'm just saying that they're all bourbon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. There's, there's bourbon. There's there is a laundry list of variations of stuff right. and and either what? it is a bourbon or it's not a bourbon i think too like with cut, bourbon like. you can probably get the elitist mentality where it's got to be from kentucky just like you can in fly fishing and hunting yeah it's like hunting's got to be this right. way fly and fishing's got to be this those way. are all tinkara fishermen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't uh so uh what do you think jordan I'm I'm gonna go against the grain here, uh-huh. uh, not completely, but a little bit. I'm I'm more of a just like a forty proof, like enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Okay. I'll probably give it lower, but because it's so hot and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it more than I thought it would. I thought I would with it being this hot, so I give it a three and a half. I, yeah. okay. I enjoyed it. All right. Also qualified her on qualifier on Jordan. He's only been drinking for like two years. <laughs> yeah. and, and surprisingly enough, there's a lot of people who've been drinking for more than that have never had this. <laughs> All right, let's get into our articles. Very nice. Okay, who's going first? You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. I found one. We're going to start with <laughs> C4. <laughs> All right, so my article, which I am going to read because I did not have a chance to actually pull one. Is coming from the World Economic Forum, and it is over England's first wild beaver colony in 400 years. That's cute. Yeah, I thought so, too. <laughs> it it kind of drew me in. Um, there's a couple of like notes on the pictures that says be- beavers are capable of supporting the local ecologies whilst reducing the risk of flooding 
for local communities. Um, just a little side note about the beavers. But the article starts, uh, Beavers are fascinating animals and more important than you might think. They've been extinct in the UK for over 400 years, but in 2008, so I guess this is an older article, a small group of beavers were spotted along the river Otter in Devon. I don't know if that's how they'd really say that, but I'm saying it Devon. They've escaped the captivity from captivity and found the conditions favorable. Today, there are eight family groups living along the river, and researchers are studying them to see how they help with the local ecology. Their appearance has encouraged the regrowth of native plants, and their burrows have created new habitats for other forms of wildlife such as otters, wading birds. They've, been, they've even helped stem the flow of floodwaters with their dams, reducing water damage to local communities. That's, that's like a, a, just a nice story. Yeah, it's a good little feel-good story. Makes me feel good. Did you guys know there's beavers in the Guadalupe River? Sure, not nutrients? No, it was a beaver. I have video proof. It is on our. It is I on think our, I saw that. It is on our Honey Hole Angling no, video. I have legit. seen. Zach showed me. No, there is footage. Yeah, it's a real beaver. It's a legit beaver. I thought it was a nutria too because I grew up in Bernie only seeing nutrias, but it was a straight up beaver with a is that big that old food thing that uh, what's his face? Uh, what a nutria. I thought it was pronounced Nutrisystem. No. <laughs> wow. Jamie Lee Curtis is not running around holding a giant rodent. <laughs> I was going to say Terry Bradshaw. Oh, no. And that's, and that's Nutria. That's a totally different thing, too. <laughs> no, it's Nivea. I don't know. Oh, man. That's great. Okay. I like that story. All right. Uh, Landon is up with On Patrol. All right. So... Get you guys excited from last week, we talked about a shark stealing incident from the San Antonio Aquarium. You brought it? I did. Oh, man, this story is I awful. cannot <laughs> believe I had not heard about this story because yeah. I was definitely living in San Antonio uh, at this time. Uh, yeah, it just kind of blows my mind. It was like, well, it happened three months after three months after I moved to San Antonio. So it was a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so here's what happened. Uh a star, a shark was stolen from the San Antonio Aquarium. Now, I don't know, probably not many of y'all have been to the San Antonio Aquarium. Um, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. They have a lot of lemurs yeah. there. Um, it used to be a Toyota car dealership. <laughs> yes. Imagine aquarium <laughs> being built in an old car dealership uh, building. Um, it's a lot of, like, open-top pools where you can actually, like, touch a lot of the fish. They, like, you know... They give you permission, like touch stingrays and stuff. And even when me and McKenna went, they had a uh, you know one of the, a, a girl dressed up as like a mermaid, like taking pictures with kids and yeah, like in the big pool, really? like the biggest pool where they have all the stingrays. There was a girl in like a mermaid costume, um, and she was in there um, like taking pictures with kids. And, Did it like, look all like a mermaid, or was it kind of like eh? That's... You, you, you guys have seen those like people dress up as mermaids. Okay, so yeah. it was like legit. Not it, like... it was legit, but okay. like kind of weird. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, so Miss Helen is a, not anymore, but was a 16-inch longhorn shark in the San Antonio Aquarium. Um, and basically what happened, it was a team of three mm-hmm. who 
uh, stole the baby shark. They watched the tank for over an hour, and they basically used the net to grab the shark out of the aquarium, and they threw it into a baby stroller. When they got to their car, they were able to put it in water, and then they drove it home. The interesting thing about this story is that these people um, had done a lot of research before stealing the shark. They had actually gotten an all-access tour to the aquarium a month before no. because they posed as the aquarium salt supplier. No way. Yes, they got an all-access tour, backroom tour, and everything. So they found out like how much salt they needed to keep something alive. And all. Correct. Oh they got gosh. all this kind of information. Now, they uh, quickly noticed the shark was missing, found it on surveillance, and actually met the couple in the parking lot before they were able to drive off. Oh. But the couple would not give them access to their car, and they kind of sped off, so they're able to make it home. They did get the license plate number. Okay. The police went to the home, um, and uh, at the time, they didn't have a warrant, but they were working on getting one, but the people actually let them into the home, okay. and they found the shark, where one of the uh, shark thieves provided a receipt that was doctored that they had actually purchased the shark and not stolen it. No. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. And Ocean's 12. Yeah. Right. No, <laughs> actually, there is an Ocean's quote in go. this article. They call it Ocean's 3. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a shark-based thief, yeah. burglary, yeah. Ocean's. Oh, um, the shark is valued at about $2,000. Oh. Um, and uh, the, the, the staff was actually surprised that um, how well the couple took care of the animal because they had a big tank at their home and uh, had had done their research. They had all kinds of other animals in this tank, but it seemed like they were like aquariumists. You know, they had they had a big aquarium and they knew what they were doing as far as like saltwater tanks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the shark did survive and make it back to the aquarium. Dude, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's a great story. Steal a shark, throw it in a baby stroller, run out to your car, yeah. drive away, and then provide a fake receipt for a similar shark. The amount of thought that went into it. Yeah, because I bet they were thinking it was like the, the police came. They're like, oh, we, we're working on getting a warrant. So you can either like wait till that happens. You can let us in. And I was like, oh, no, we got nothing to hide. We got a Oh, you want to see that shark? Oh, here's a receipt, you know, not, so they're like trying to play off. Think about the people that were like, that is the ugliest baby I've ever seen. <laughs> As they were leaving. As they were leaving. Yeah. Right. They're like, that's not a baby. <laughs> Man, it sure is toothy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the two, uh, the men were charged with theft, basically. Um, and uh, there was a woman involved, uh, but it never says what happened to her in the article. I'm not going to so, I would have guessed it would have been worth more than $2,000. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I feel like the two, like, two. Okay, so two thousand. I mean, this is a San Antonio Aquarium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so okay, so two thousand. Yes, right. Two thousand like dollars shark in there. Yeah. Two thousand is enough to where, you know, if you wanted to buy it yourself, it's too much money. Right. But if you but get a stroller, it's low enough. Like, oh, that would be worth stealing, and maybe no one would notice. And nobody would fight it because it's like, eh, like it's $2,000. Yeah, and it's affordable for the San Antonio Aquarium because everyone knows that they're not like housing, you know, $10,000 animals or anything like that. Do you think they're going to use that receipt to return it? (laughs) (laughs) That's the real trick. I want to return the shark couple. (laughs) Take it to Walmart. Anything wrong with it? Nah, I just don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't need it. 
Oh, this man. is acting weird. It's very nice, man. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that. Yeah, me too. I actually, after we talked about last week, I immediately went home and looked up the article and printed it off. Like, I was a week ready for this one because I was so pumped up on <laughs> Who, the story. Who's been over there? Who's gone? Who's, who's I've been. Yeah. yeah. I went when they kind of first opened. I had won like a, a golf tournament or something in the raffle. <laughs> got a, got, That's not a very good yeah. prize. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it was like a year or like six months membership. You know, membership, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we went and they had the dinosaurs up in the front. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. It's not too bad. Mm-hmm. And then you start going to the back part and it gets real sketchy and dark, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, man, man this is... Man, is cheap cover for five bucks. <laughs> it was, I'm pretty sure they had that going on in one of the... Man, they had like another one with like a bird cage mm-hmm. and then they had that big, this big... Tortoise? Uh, well, yeah, they're just randomly walking around. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost tripped over it, not paying Wait, there's attention. a real tortoise yeah. just walking around? Yeah, he's doing his thing. Just, like, wherever he wants to go, he's got, like, free range. Yeah. With everybody else? Yeah. And how is no one, no one's lost a finger? Like, that's the first thing. These yeah. kids running around with no parents. Yeah. I would have <laughs> thought there's a kid missing a And finger. they have, like, 10,000 <laughs> lemurs there, too. Yeah. This hopping around? No, like, they're in cages, but you can, like, pay to have a lemur experience. Are you going in the cage? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's like it's, okay, so it you, should be at Trader's Village, but it's <laughs> so you won. Okay, six months. Would you ever go back? I don't know. Like I, I like I, I get it. I mean, there's there, Sea World's expensive. The zoo's <laughs> kind of expensive. At least right. you get a free train ride now, right? Um, I, I don't know. How much is the aquarium? Like eight bucks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, not maybe. that much. Still cheaper than the than the Corpus Christi Aquarium. Oh so. yeah, that's a. Like, 25 or 30 bucks now. It's great, yeah. though. Yeah. How much is it to fish it? Like, <laughs> I've been trying to... I'm surprised they're not even selling that yet. You just have, like, a cane pole, and here's $10. Yeah. That's right. a car. Exactly. Get... A, I could sneak a tin car in there pretty easily. That's right. I'm going to start... Catch uh, a stingray. Every every fish picture now we post on, on, uh, in, on San Insta, Antonio. San Antonio Aquarium. <laughs> yep. Uh, we, you could actually feed the stingrays, and yeah. so you can, like, put your hand in the water. They'll actually come and eat out of your hand. So, like, just... Put a little piece of food on the on a hook. Did they have a Steve Orrin experience? Oh, too soon. No. Man, too man. soon. No. We don't talk about him. Yeah. You know that everybody else is free game. Not Steve Irwin, though. <laughs> but I will say, be careful at this place. <laughs> there are there is no netting. You're on your own. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. You guys nice. should go and check it out and report back because uh, I'd like to get what y'all's opinions on it are. I'll go. Ken and I will go at some point. Yeah. Just go pretend you sell salt. I'm sure they get you, you, <laughs> you know, free, uh, free walk. I won't believe that anymore. Yeah. yeah I can go with something else. Yeah. Then I'm chlorine. your uh, water supplier. <laughs> <laughs> Work for Saul's. Yeah. Yep. All right. Ian, you ready? Uh, yes. Uh, one. I, yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Just fire away. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? No joke. You can't. You got to cut them off that Waterloo stuff. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that carbonation. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is from the Huffington Post. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Huffington Post. Uh, most. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, squirrel gets drunk on fermented pear because <laughs> acorns can't dull the pain. Um, <laughs> So basically, this lady, and this was written by a guy named Ron uh, something. Uh, a Minnesota woman um, says she accidentally got a critter sloshed, and there's a video. I so saw this apparently, video awesome. did you? Yeah. yeah. She put this, um, she fed a squirrel a bunch of pears from her fridge, 
that she didn't realize had fermented um, <laughs> into like a boozy snack. And the squirrels just got toasted. Um, they nicknamed the squirrel Little Red. And you can see it like keeling over. It like holds onto the side of the bucket where the pears are. And it's just like rocking back and forth. And then she said she was looking out the window. And this is a direct quote. It kind of dawned on me. Those pears were so old. I bet they got fermented. Quote. And then he got drunk. And I did not mean to do that. So I went. Ian? HD Ian. Oh no! Well, okay, yeah, we, we, we got you. We got you. Yeah. Uh, what part did it leave off at? Uh, she's talking about the squirrel pears. She was thinking to herself it was fermented. Yeah, yeah. the quote. Yeah. You were on the quote. Yeah, I thought it was fermented, and uh, and apparently it was like a little hangover breakfast um, is what it was quoted as. Uh, apparently, the guy recovered though. Um, so. Yeah, squirrels got drunk in Minnesota this week. So, yeah. um, or, I'm sorry, this is the week of Thanksgiving. So, there's that. I saw that video. If you guys haven't seen it, it's amazing. I didn't know why it was a yeah. drunk squirrel video. There's yeah. another one that's been a while uh, around where it's a, a bunch of wild pigs or pigs that had gotten into stuff. Yeah. Right? And they're, yeah. they're on a hill and one of them just rolls. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he just oh my gosh. Yeah, he yeah, just starts he rolling. Just rolling. <laughs> he's so Dude. Drunk. Rolling, rolling, rolling. That happened in Italy, but that's like not podcast appropriate. So I'll send you guys like the thing. But yeah, that I'll send you guys great, a link. Man. Very nice. Awesome. Thanks, Ian. All right, Zach, you ready to go? Yeah, you guys ready for Creature Watch? Yep. All right, here we go. Today I brought you guys a story of the Kraken. Sweet. Yeah. Have you guys heard of the Kraken before? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, if you had to guess when the first stories of the Kraken came about, what would you say? The first time they saw it. Yep. What would you say? I don't know. When do you think stories come about the Kraken? Uh, 1890. Okay. I'm going to go like... 1750. Okay, I like it. You guys are headed in the right direction. 1776. Okay. Helped us win the war. You know, initially I said 1750, but I'm more thinking 1600s. Yeah, so initially, 1610. That was my my initial reaction was like 1600s, but I was like, ah, you know, I second guessed myself. But now when you said you're headed in the right direction, I was like, yeah, yeah it's like, it's 1600s. So you guys Price are thinking like right, Columbus like didn't worry about the Kraken at all. <laughs> as you guys are saying. Uh, okay, well, uh, first documented uh, case, or at least like when it was first kind of brought up in folklore, was 1250. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like it's it's been around for a See, while. I would have thought Columbus would be more scared about falling off the earth. <laughs> yes. Right? Right. The flat earth. The flat it was all, I mean, he had a lot of things to be worried about. <laughs> Um, okay, so the Kraken essentially is a giant cephalopod, which is, you know, squids, octopi, is it octopi or octopus? I don't know. I octopus. didn't look that up. Mm. Um, octopuses, um, originally is from Scandinavian folklore, mm-hmm. um, and it is known to dwell on the coast of Norway and Greenland. Um, obviously you guys know the stories It terrorized nearby sailors, right? It would smash their ships up and... Mm-hmm. And everything. It is known to be about 40 to 50 feet in length or 13 to 15 meters. We're international. I thought I'd throw in the metric system. Okay. It is a smarter system. So, you know. I would agree with that. Um, no, that's why Landon changed his dad's uh, rhino to. I didn't touch to the rhino. rhino per hour. <laughs> I'm curious if he fixed it or not. 
<laughs> I'm curious if he did too, but I know I didn't change it. <laughs> You're the only one who drove it. Drove oh. it. <laughs> oh man. Um, so obviously, the Kraken because it is so like easy. It's this mysterious thing, right? There are things that already kind of look like it. It is a huge basis for like a lot of myths and folklore and tales and stuff like that. Um, it is based on the Norse word for krakai, which means unhealthy or twisted. Mm. So uh, some sailors believe by just by saying the word kraken on a boat would summon the creature to actually like attack your vessel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, like a banana on a boat. You don't say the word kraken when you're on is a ship. Is that where like release the kraken is like you have an enemy boat and you're trying to like, you know, call it to... You know, terrorize another boat. Yeah, it might be that, or it might be like in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like Davy Jones had like the pet kraken, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Release the kraken on the other boat." Yeah, yeah, that's so, probably where that came from. Yeah, but I guess you know, like you could have a spy who got on a boat and was like kraken. Like he would just mm-hmm. stay in the corner and then jump off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, originally, it was documented by this unknown author from the twelve from twelve fifty. Uh, the Norwegian natural history work known as Konungs Skogst. I don't know how to say that, but hey, that's my best best guess. Um, he said that he believed only two of them were in existence because it was always found in one part of the Greenland Sea. So he was like, it's only found here. There's only got to be two of them. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, he also guessed that uh, they were incapable of reproducing. So... You know, Mm. it was, I guess, just a gift. Mm. (laughs) Um, It's also known as Halgafa and Lingbacher, which is uh, the sea mist and the heather dale. So, uh, 18th century has depicted depicted many origins, including that uh, the giant squid may be, like, the main thing, right? Like, giant squids are real things. We see them all the time. I don't know about you guys. You know, San Antonio River. Giant squids all over the place. Brackenridge Park, yeah. Right. Um, so Kraken would attack ships, and they say that they prim- it primarily attacked the ships that were heavily armed, like with lots of cannons, uh, anybody who's about to go do war. Like if you were just, you know, I'm out here on the sea just having a good old time, the Kraken will leave you alone. But if you're like had, you know, bad intents, mm-hmm. uh, it would come after you. Don't know why. They don't really go into explanation. Mm-hmm. That's just what they felt. Um, it's probably to avoid war some like... You know, some guy was like, oh, we shouldn't go to war because the Kraken will come come and get us. That's a good point. We don't want to have bad intentions. Yeah. It's scarier invaders from coming to you. Yeah. Some Um, general or something. You didn't want to lose a bunch of men. Right. Yeah. I'm playing Valhalla right now. So this is all like, yeah. How is that game? (laughs) It's fun. Yeah. I need to come over and play. I also want to play the new uh, Call of Duty. It's okay. Not great. Um, but, I, <laughs> but uh, so the Kraken would, you know, crush the ships with its tentacles. If it could not crush it for whatever reason, it would spin and uh, swim around the ship over and over again, flailing its arms in the air until it created a vortex to suck it down to the bottom of the ocean. Nice. Um, it developed a thirst for human blood. You know, this is creature watch, right? Everything's mm-hmm. got to be blood, uh, you know, man hungry. And new. Um, that it could find people and human blood on ships, and it was known that it could eat an entire crew with one bite. So, fishers would search for the kraken, but not because they wanted to kill it. It was because uh, as the kraken swam through everything, 
fish would gather around it so they knew that it was lucrative to go around it. Um, almost any strange encounter was given credit to the Kraken, right? If you're out in the sea for anything, they would say it's the Kraken. Uh, even came down to if there was a bad storm, they would say the Kraken was throwing up water into the air, and that's what caused it to rain. Mm. So, uh, let's see. People really think that it might just be the giant squid. You know, find giant squids everywhere. They're quick. They're agile. They like to take down sperm whales deep in the ocean. So, it probably is just a giant squid. Mm-hmm. But uh, because it has been so grounded in the truth of a giant squid, it's so hard. It's so easy to imagine that there's actually something out there that is just this large version of a giant squid or an octopus that's out there. So, I don't know. Has there been any uh, recent sightings and, like, grainy footage of a kraken? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, people, when they see giant squids, they just assume it's a kraken. Mm. But on a side note, do you guys ever feel weird eating calamari because octopi are so smart? No, I feel weird about eating calamari because there's a story in NPR that came out a couple of years that said that that was, like, pig buttholes. Oh, man. Yeah, because there was this, un- again, like, oh, fake man. food source. Still, yep. Still they, pretty good, yeah. so. <laughs> I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to know, but yeah, it was like this. So they know, were, like, they were branding fake. it wrong. They were, yeah, they were selling um, counterfeit, counterfeit yeah. calamari. Oh, man. Ian, I'm going to turn your volume down just here. I think Ian's moving again. Oh, sorry, I just moved to, I'm sitting at my desk. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, I just moved my desk to the other side of the room. No, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm not moving furniture on this podcast, maybe on the last one. <laughs> so that's all of our segments. Uh, Gabe, I finished my whiskey. You said you had a special treat. I do. Is, is everyone else? Uh, Ooh. I, I feel like uh, you, hold on a second. Let me check. I feel like Cliff is the squirrel. He's already out. This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place. And only with the sound of your voice with the Contour voice remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at Cox, C-O-X dot com slash contour. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. From now through June on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head-to-head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through the pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your jersey. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs now on TNT and TBS. Gentlemen, this is the George T. Stagg Buffalo Trace Antique Collection for 2019. This is actually the lowest proof 
that uh, has come out in the George T. stack. <laughs> uh, but still, it comes in at a 116.9 proof. Uh, some of the other proofs, I think, have crossed that 140 line, the mm-hmm. hazmat uh, ones. But um, this, this is, yeah, this is a unicorn for the season. So I brought this over for you guys to try as a special treat. I'm going to kind of... Uh, Count how much I'm pouring off for sure. I definitely because if we were going to a bar, this would be upwards of uh, fifty bucks a pour. Thank you. And the bottle retails for about a hundred and twenty-five dollars if you can find it. If you're so lucky to run into it, Um, but uh, this is actually uh, it's my jam. But unfortunately, it is hard to come by. Thank you, Gabe. Of course, guys. Of you course. didn't have to share this. No, it was awesome. It's a, it, it is bourbon the, with us. I remember the first time I tried this, and it was it changed life changing, life changing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's. I don't know if you guys pass the bottle around. Don't drop it. Two hands, two hands. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Just like a newborn baby, two hands. Hold, <laughs> hold the neck. Hold the neck. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, Buffalo Trees and Antique Collection comes out with. Um, Kind of older version. So this one is actually, I think, for this year's it, or last year's, it was 15 year and six months old uh, in in the aging, and so it is it is basically like the stag, but just aged longer. So you know you might get some some differences in in tasting. Um, so it's okay. It's 15. 15 years, okay. six months. What's the stag? You said about eight years? Eight, eight nine or year, okay. nine years. Okay, not, no. not set, but... Yeah, yeah. Not, not set. Changes from year to year. Same thing with this. It changes from year to year. Um, but yeah, this... Land has been this a hand is, model over here. <laughs> I mean, it is from Kentucky. Yeah. To, to float your boat. Have you been to the Buffalo Trace Distillery? No, I, I, it's on the list. I uh, have, uh, have not been... You're handling um, kind of rough there, Cliff. I wonder You're if I could spin up like on cocktails. Man, I'm getting scared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that a good bottle to play spin the bottle with? That yeah. is that is oh. <laughs> That's that one. It's like once you finish it, you could probably sell the bottle for a bit. And surprisingly enough, you go on Etsy and they sell where they've either cut the glass to make like a drinking glass or, uh-huh. or made it into a candle. And even then, it's like $50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, the bottles, the uh, empty bottle could easily get you over 50 bucks yeah um but uh but yeah it is this i I wish this was a lot easier to get but it's not um each one of the i guess with the exception of blends and some other ones uh the main ones that come out during the the year or in fact actually around this time uh, i've already seen some stuff online and it's finally made its way into san antonio uh but the buffalo trace uh, Trace antique collection is up there i mean obviously pappy's pappy but it's a that's a weed bourbon and that's almost like yeah, you're, you're gonna, you'll see it in a mom and pop, but it's going to be way, way out. Yeah, of they there. they go way they go, yeah. you know. And even this one, you could you can find it in a mom and pop with dust on it for probably about six hundred dollars. Okay, wow, so way above. Yeah, way market. way above. Yeah. And then mom and pops can can price however they want, but right. um, you know, getting specs, you're gonna have to be on the list. You're not gonna get it at Total Wine. Um, it, it's just it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but specs and Total Wine, they cannot mark up above MSRP, or can they? Uh, I I mean I think they can price it what they want. Okay. Um, but I, again I I'm not sh- I'm not right. sure on that. Usually it's around what's going to be the, the retail price. But I, I like WB. I think their prices are are really good on some stuff. And, and well, and even then across the board, a stag at one place might be ten dollars or five dollars more at another. Mm-hmm. So there there is a price difference and not completely set. Mm. 
So whoa, okay. We we brought you on, gave to talk about like the black market side of bourbon, and what do you whoa. know about, <laughs> and what is the deal with the black the prohibition of bourbon right now? So first and foremost, I don't do any of that. I just know it exists, right? And there's a lot of of stories out there. There's a lot of write ups. One in speci- uh, particular, uh, I think. It was a group on Facebook called BSM, uh, Bourbon Secondary Market. This guy had as many as 50,000 people um, nationally that were buying and trading um, you know, bourbons, uh, allocated, allocated bourbons. Uh, recently, I know Facebook has cracked, cracked down. Uh-huh. Why is that a problem? What yeah, do you mean? Uh, so let's start by defining what is the difference between like a black market bourbon and a mainstream mm-hmm. bourbon. So basically, you could it could be like any bourbon can be a black market bourbon, right? It's really what we're talking about is is a is a a market where people are 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 buying and, and selling and, and trading, um, you know, bourbons, allocated bourbons. But again, there there is there there is its own pricing structure. And um, and again, all these stories you can find on on Google that talk about it. Um, you know, there's new stuff that's coming out that maybe in Texas you don't have access to. You know, and so you can, you know, now have uh, uh, you know a place to to go and and buy something, have something shipped to you. And this is a problem because you know if you don't have a liquor license, exactly, you technically cannot sell it. Right, and even more so, like going um, uh, across state state. Uh, uh, State borders. Yeah, uh, I think in New York or something. I think if you buy something in New York, you, it cannot leave New York. Yeah. That sounds like a Lacey Act thing. Once you cross another yeah, state line, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same, same, same exact bootleg. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's and but but uh, and then you have some states where you can you can buy online and consent to. You. Texas isn't one of those. So there's a lot of weird state laws that they know, changed it recently, though, didn't they? With the pandemic, you can buy liquor online now. I think you can buy it online, but to go pick up, I didn't think they can necessarily ship it to you. I think that's the that's the thing. Okay, because mm. I was looking for a couple of those game side side story. Yeah, yeah. Look at those a uh, couple of those Game of Thrones bottles, mm-hmm. and um, I think they can ship to you now. But there's something weird about it. Like, yeah, there, there's again, and, and if it, maybe it's coming from out of state is one thing. Um, it might have been. Yeah, I think the the deal I was looking at was like in California and LA or something. Yeah, and even then, I've heard stories where it still gets done. Like they did, they didn't. The California company didn't check it, and they just, right. they still sent it out. Just, they just yeah, they just do it because they do it. They don't right. like really yeah. know the law. Yeah. So you know, there's there's that. Um, you know, I, I know there was one story that I saw that was in New York area. A guy had a a Pappy 23 or something mm-hmm. selling it for a huge amount of money. Right. And, uh, and there was a sting and they, they bought it off of Craigslist from New Jersey, I think. And when they went over to, to sell it, they, you know, they were arrested and, and, and all of that. I think you hear more about the bootlegging stuff of moonshine and all that being more prevalent than, than this. But, uh, but yeah, at BSM, I mean that 50,000 people that were on this, there was upwards of, I don't know, maybe like a hundred deals a day going on there. People looking for certain bottles, trading right. for certain bottles. Now, is trading illegal? I, I know you so. can't sell because I, I know you can't sell if you don't have a liquor license. Right, you can't sell. But and again, it's stuff that have to take a look because we were talking about earlier. Like if I give it as a gift, is that right? Know, is that because people issue? buy bottles of bourbon and scotch gifts all the time? Right. I mean, I think if you're, it's like. 
I don't know. It's like jaywalking, I guess. You know, right. I just it, it seems like it it is prevalent a lot more than if you weren't really paying attention to it. Right. I didn't know any of this existed until um, you know you started wondering like why is Blanton so hard to get a hold of? Right. You know, and and then you start finding out that there's all these people they call them taters uh, because they're they're uh, they're trading and and like somebody will just go and buy the whole batch. Yeah, I mean you can then... go to a go to a, a a store and stand there for an hour and see how many people walk in for Blanton's. Oh yeah, you know, and and that's all they, and that's all they're asking. You know, the yeah, Blanton's no okay, and they walk right out. Um, and so, you know, I've been lucky enough to run in these bottles because I've developed that relationship with a couple of stores, right. you know, bought, bought stuff from them, you know, go in, say hi, talk to them, they're, you know, regular folks and, and lucky enough to, to, to run into some cool stuff. But uh, I know that there's sometimes where, you know, there's, there's lines, you know, uh, because someone knew that the drop was happening that like the truck was coming that day. Like somehow it got out. Right. And with, again, with the internet, you know, people can already see, oh, it's already hit Houston. It's already hit Austin. Well, San Antonio's next. Right. And, and so, you, you know, you, you walk over there at lunch and there's, there's 40 people in line waiting for f- six bottles mm-hmm. that are only going to be able to be provided. Let me ask you this. Why bourbon and not scotch? Because it seems, you know, scotch, you know, you don't hear the crazy Americano. I, I was going to say, I'm yeah. interested in your thought because that's kind of what I feel like the history, just like the we're proud, you know. But what do you think? Right. So, like, I've seen some stuff on the Scotch side where, um, you know, there it is legal to, to buy and trade up there. They have like auction houses where you can go and buy what you think is, you know, a rare maybe, maybe like hundred bucks, right, right? But still, right. something that's cool is like, hey, I bought it. You know, I'm, I'm going to have it. Um, yeah, there, there is an Americana to it. You know, it it it's it's here. It's American. It's you know, it's, Scotch is good. But it's it's and that's why it's spelled differently, you know. Right. Was, uh, whiskey over there is is with a uh, Y. With, well, with just a e. Y, yeah, yeah. And um, and then of course you have the Japanese stuff, which is just as good as, as a Scotch. Obviously, we can't call it Scotch because it's not it's right. Not made See, I've never had a Japanese whiskey. Very good. Yeah, yeah. it's very uh, it's it's crazy because you know you have that Scotch really smoky on some of them, very high peated. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of like Speyside, uh, Highland, Edward R, yeah. and all that. It's really good. It's not it's so not as peaty, but where do um where the Japanese, they get their peat from Scotland. No, I don't. I didn't think so. I think that all of that's no, covered over a, there. I watched uh-huh. a documentary where you know they 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 ship the materials to Japan and they do it in Japan. Yeah, I couldn't remember. How so many basically, mine? the only thing that's that's not making it scotch is the fact that it's not from Scotland. Yeah, right, right. Um, and it's probably, but some of them aren't. I thought they were. I'm just trying to think of like Hakushu and and Yamazaki, um, but see, Scotch or um, Scotch isn't as regulated as far as like the barrel goes. Like they could, they can get whatever barrel they want in Japan, and they can make it with peat and anything like that. But they still can't call it Scotch because like yeah, they'll never be able to call it yeah. Scotch because it wasn't made in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. but they can. They spell. They're the only ones who spell it without the e like Scotch. And from what I heard, that was just uh, marketing here in the U.S. was just the fact that they had the E. Oh, really? Yeah, just something. It's something dumb like that. Yeah, this is weird. we want to be separate. separate yeah, well, and then Irish whiskey, I guess now has the. But they're all different. That's yeah. the thing. They're all different, and and they're all good in their own right. And so okay, so let's say one of our listeners like, man, these guys got me jazzed up to like go try to find some bourbons. What are you gonna say to a new guy who like? We just tried the Stag mm-hmm. Junior earlier, and then the 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 other one you gave us 
and they're like, man, I want to try to find some of these hard bottles, like Blanton, some of these other things. What's your advice to someone who's like, I want to try to find these bottles? How how can the average guy find these bottles at a Specs, not at a mom and pop mm-hmm. store, where the price is reasonable? Um, what would your advice to them? You be? know, it's the same thing like hunting deer or or scouting for fishing spots. It's time, you know. It's I think even on the way over here to do this, I stopped at two other places. Just oh to, yeah, just walked in real quick and and just see kind of you know an idea of what they had. Um, but you know, it's information. Information's key. There's a lot of Facebook groups uh, throughout the U.S. that you know are specifically for hunting. Yeah. Like, hey, this location got it, or you know, you, you figure if one specs got it, should be waiting for another specs to get it, right? But you know, on top of that, you're fighting against a lot of those those flippers, those guys that that's all they're doing is they're going in line, they go inside, they they get that bottle, they take a picture of it, and it's online for sale yeah. mm-hmm. within ten minutes. And they they know they can they actually turn a profit by doing it, so that's they what they do. So right? that's their this, this and that's driving up a lot of the demand and the price on everything that we're trying to. And so that's got to be pretty lucrative then. If people are doing this, like going to stores and work, putting the time in to find out when these places are getting bottles, it must be pretty lucrative. So how much are people flipping bottles for? So like, what do you think one of, okay, Weller 12, Yeah, I know is like a $30 bottle, mm-hmm. very hard to find. Um, and I think we had a conversation about this because of the price increase, what would someone find that type of bottle for on the secondary market? Yeah, and again, cost wise. Well, I see. In mom and pop stores are a good a good example because um, the, the way some of this allocation works is depending on how much of either Buffalo Trace products you've sold for that year, that time frame will be dependent on what other bottles that you get. You know? oh, and okay. it could be like how many bottles of George T. Stag you're going to get. Right? right. So that store might only have gotten two or one. So of course they're gonna jack. They can do whatever. They can jack up that price right. um, for that See, this one is bottle. Only one bottle. Right. We already know the price is high everywhere else. And some and someone's gonna go and buy it because they don't want to spend the time and effort to to try to get one at retail again, which is super hard to do. Right. So it's almost like I mean it's, it's depending on who you are, it might be worth it to it buy. It might be worth it to yeah. buy. Yeah. And, and even this one, stag. Uh, and, and again, this is all numbers you can get online because uh, within the bourbon community, I think everyone's tuned into these numbers. So there's a lot of public sites that that show what, what more or less what these uh, places are going for. So like uh, Stag Junior, and like you said, fifty nine, sixty five bucks. Um, I think it's like one hundred and twenty five right now, mm. uh, depending on year. Obviously, the other vintages can go up a little bit higher, not much, but you can still go up another fifty bucks. So for people it. are doubling their money easily on that bottle, easily. easily. And so, and then this this um, George C. Stag that we're having um, last year again, it's one hundred and twenty five bucks, um, upwards of anywhere. I'd say four fifty to six fifty a bottle. Yeah, um, and, and again. That's that's uh, it's pretty much in line with with some mom and pops uh, that that would be selling it for that price. But yeah, I, I mean that's and that's five times. Yeah, my math is right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, then Pappy's as well. I mean, it, it was funny. Like, two two episodes ago, you guys were talking like, "Oh yeah, Pap, it's not that easy. It's not like you guys are signing, sounding like I could go and get it right now. No. It's not. Uh, you know, twenty three was like what." Forget what the the numbers are twenty three twenty five or one of those, but I mean like six grand, yeah, just crazy. And that retail is two thirty five, but that would never you'll never 
find it. Find it. Yeah, because if you find it in mom and pop, it's going to be a couple grand at least. And, and again, it's a mix of of the internet, of Instagram, of you know Facebook, yeah, um, of people sh- you know showing, hey, look, I got this. You don't, and uh, and and that's just you know part of the community. Bad and different, good, whatever. It, it, it's part of it. So, are uh, are are people that are doing this being cracked down on? Or are people being pretty quiet about it? I or? mean, I, I mean, I, I would ex- expect it to be quiet about it. I mean, for as much as again, if if you're, it, it's like it's known, right? It's that's what's weird about it. It's like it. What well, look, like, I even dirty, know, everyone knows it exists. Look, I'm right. not going out and like trying to find bottles of bourbon, but I know about the. I mean, I am probably a below average like. I like bourbon. I go like once or twice a month mm-hmm. to Specs, pick out a bottle I think looks cool or that I've heard about. Mm-hmm. Not finding any rare bottles, but I'm spending maybe 30, 40, 50 bucks on a bottle. But I even know that there's this underground bourbon market, mar- market mm-hmm. where people want Blanton's, people want Eagle Rare, yeah. people yeah. want Weller 12, and they're paying like exorbitant prices for it. So I don't even, you know, even a good common, like an average guy like me who's not. Like really hardcore into bourbon knows that this is a thing that's going on. Yeah, I mean, look at Facebook, uh, Craigslist. I mean, these are all things that are there that were there, and I know that you know, again. There's tons of Google news stories um, from reputable reputable uh, sources, Forbes, and and all of them. They're talking about this, and uh, I know that that Facebook did crack down because BSM was one of those that was you know was was cut off. But like most things on the black market. There's probably five or six other, you know, Facebook groups that are ready to go. Yeah, like right. they have it in in you know in their yeah. back pocket. People, ready I to mean, go. people aren't going to go anywhere, right? And, and again, YouTube, you can see, there's a ton of podcasts of, of people talking about and upset with it. But in in it's a double edged sword because you can be mad, um, you know, as a buyer, but as a distributor, as a as a distiller, or, yeah. or someone that's trying to get your stuff marketed, now your stuff is grown in popularity all of a sudden and you know secondary prices is high you kind of feeling good about that mm-hmm. right and and because of this this huge jump you know uh, centauri and all of those are are making more um you know rickett houses have to age more stuff that hopefully be coming out so there'll be at least a little bit more supply but is it going to end probably not um, you know, it reminds me a lot of the feather market when uh, a couple of years ago, when everyone was looking to put feathers in their hair, mm-hmm. and man, you just yeah, fly tires yeah, couldn't fly find tires, feathers. Fly tires couldn't <laughs> find feathers. And I had yeah. a buddy that had a a cape, and it still had the price tag for thirty five bucks. He sold it on eBay for like seventeen hundred dollars to some no way yeah, to some uh, hairdresser in Arizona. Wait, seventeen hundred dollars for twenty five? Uh, no, well, for uh, it was a bigger cape. It was like a full. I don't know what grade. What was, was the initial investment? He actually won it in a Christmas raffle for the local fly club. Oh man! And, so and like I zero. told him about it, and he came back a week later, and he's like, "Are they talking about this one?" I'm like, "That's the one. We put it up that day on on uh, eBay." And right. It was crazy. Dang. Wait, so yeah. when did this happen? This was ten years ago. Okay. Yeah. Like right when who was the lead singer for Aerosmith? Uh, Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. Right when he came on, um, I think it was like. America's Got Talent, or one of, one of the singing yeah. shows, uh-huh. he had it in his hair. And we started seeing a lot of people coming in and, and like teenagers going straight to the feather wall. And we're like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I asked one of them, like, yeah, we're putting it, we're putting it in her hair. And so you knew it was a big deal when like Walmart was selling feathers, feathers yeah. like in a pack. Uh, and even then it was like five bucks for like a single one feather. feather. Yeah. And it would only stay in your hair for like, 
couple of days, but people yeah. were paying 18, 20 bucks to get it in your hair. I remember yeah. when you had like it tied in, it was yeah. like not like just sticking it behind your no, ears. It was like yeah. glued in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a whole thing. Gotcha. Yeah. And then they went into like mylar um, um, flash. That was the next thing. They put yeah. Because they couldn't get, <laughs> could get feathers. And then that crashed. So that, but that was a good, yeah. man, seven or eight months. So do you think this uh, underground uh, black market bourbon is good for bourbon community or do you think it's a detriment i've seen a lot of videos on this again i think it depends on what size you're what side of it you're on yeah it sucks for us because i just would like a nice another bottle of stack because it's good Mm -hmm. there are a lot of other bourbons and whiskeys out there that are just as good and that are easy easy to to find find. and are easy to find it's not like the whiskey aisle at specs is sold out there is all kinds of bourbon there's something that's available. comparable but the thing it's not cool like you said like mm-hmm. you know it's it's nice to have that bottle right you know yeah exactly i mean it's like look there's there's tons of other jackets other than howler brothers and, and sitka that we're wearing yeah right. but man it looks it looks nice right? it looks <laughs> yeah. like, there's something that's gonna keep me just as warm yeah. You know? yeah yeah but it's that's that's you know that's what it is and that's well, how two I years ago it. we were wearing all howler mm. right i'll keep it going I'll keep it going strong, guys. Yeah. Oh, but Sitka, Sitka's so good. So good. <laughs> but that's how this stuff is. Like I said, there's other brands. You know, Michter's, uh, was, I think that was the first bottle I bought, Michter's American. Okay. And I can't call it a bourbon because they're using used oak barrels. Yeah. But, man, that stuff's good. And it's like 35 bucks, and yeah. it's really good. Evan Williams' uh, bar- uh, bottle and bond is like $11 for, you know, a, a nice bottle. And, mm-hmm. and that's just as good. So, Would you recommend a couple bottles to uh, our listeners that might be easy to find if maybe they're not a bourbon drinker and want to get into it? Yeah, or? The, the one you had, uh, was it Noah Mills? Noah's Mills? What did you have last week? Uh, last? Jensen's uh, Creek. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Jensen's Bo- Creek. Bo- both of those. So so there's there's Allen and the Noah's Mill. They're, yeah. they're together. So those two for sure. Um, uh, Evan Williams, uh, it's like a white label. It's a bottle and bond. Um, the uh, Michter's American uh, specifically is fantastic. Uh, if you guys want to try Blanton's but can't find Blanton's, I would probably go towards um, the, uh, what is it, um, Woodford Reserve Double Oak. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, Woodford Reserve It's not just oak. the regular Woodford. Yeah, yeah, the Double Oak is is, is pretty solid. It's a nice, it's a nice sipper. Again, low mm. proof, nothing crazy. Right. And then if you like weeded stuff, so like Michter's, uh, or not Michter's, um, uh, Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark is going to be a weeded bourbon, mm-hmm. um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little bit sweeter to my to my liking. Yeah, you know, I like more of that fruit forward, which is right. This type of stuff. Yep. Uh, but if if you like weeded type bourbons, so if you like Maker's, then um, probably going to like the Maker's Forty Six is good, and um, and and then of course the the Weller line, but you know, you're not going to find any of the other Wellers other than Reserve. Yeah. But Reserve's fine too. Yeah. Reserves fine too, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's just it's just legwork like anything else. Black Black Friday had some specials, at specs. There was lines. Um, I think the specs on Bandera had Stag and E H Taylor and some Midwinter Night Stram, um, and some other little little goodies too. But you know you had to had to be there when they opened uh, and stand in line. But yeah. you know those are those are the type of things. It's just kind of being aware, jumping on some Facebook. Right. Just doing a little bit of research. Just doing a little bit of research, but yeah. but take like you know, going at lunchtime, you know, if, find a place that, that you like like to go to, develop that relationship, and um, you know they'll 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 be kind to you. And that's how I've I've gotten some cool bottles because we've been in some places you know where we, we had walked in and and you know there's 
people are walking up, they're helping them, but then I walk in and they're like, hey, we we have this in the back. In the back. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, we have extras of if, if you know. And, yeah, because so, Gabe goes in, like I watch, he, Richard, I think is the gentleman's I name. I can remember, yeah. Um, uh, over at the Specs of my house, and they're like, they're on a first name basis, and. You know, he's like, hey, we got this cool thing in, you know, and it's just because he's built up that relationship, gone in, talked to him, been nice. Um, yeah, and spent money, too. I mean, obviously, that's the, that's the big thing, right? They're there, they're there to um, to make money. And um, if you're coming in, it's a normal. And then and points, points as well help over there. Specs has a, a point system. Total Wine has a point system. So mm-hmm. the dollar amount that you spend with them kind of puts you on a list to maybe get a call on an allocated item as well. So they, they have those opportunities. What's, I don't know that. I always say no. So now I will get say it done. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's not like a credit card, just like uh, rewards points. You I'm always just like in a hurry. I'm just like, no, nah, I'm good. You yeah. know. No, that stuff adds up. That yeah. stuff adds yeah. up. Well, yeah, especially when you buy a 50 bottle every couple uh, weeks or whatever. Yeah. I don't I don't think I buy enough to get on the – I saw like the top points. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We, like, well, I mean, that, that uh, guy wasn't in our state and he had half a million points. Like, and that's per dollar. So that so he probably owns like a restaurant or something. Yes, yeah, yeah. Gosh, but um, yeah. Well, and one more question: and uh, what's the most sought after bottle of bourbon right now? So, um, I think going back to your original question that we kind of got off topic, the, the Weller Twelve, the Weller Twelve is uh, I think like thirty thirty five bucks, um, and and at least from what I've seen and and, and read, that jumps up to as much as one hundred and seventy five bucks wow. for that bottle. So either in trade value or dollar amount or whatever. Um, and, and even then, there's a bunch of codes for it, and there's all this stuff. You know, uh, Stag, uh, Stag Junior, um, you know, is is usually like STJR or uh, GTS for George C. Stag, um, Weller 12, uh, and then even that whole Weller line. So you have 107, 12, um, Foolproof, and uh, CYBP, um, and it's it's just kind of like all variations of proof. Through that line, you know, at, at the end of the day. But if you had to pick one, one bottle yeah, that mean, is the most sought after right now. Right now, I think Weller 12 would be because of the fact that you get, if you're trading, um, you know, you, you have more value in that bottle, right? Mm-hmm. So, right, so 30 to 100, so 30 is relatively inexpensive, and then you can flip it for Yeah, but whatever. again, finding them, that's the problem. Right. You know, you yeah. can't, you, you just, it's hard to begin with. Now, again... For those guys that are doing this on a daily, they they have the time, they have the resources right. to go and do it. They have a regular job. I'm busy. You know, yeah, they find one it. bottle a day that they can flip. They're, right. they're going okay. Right, exactly. But of course, you know, Pappy's Pappy. Um, but you know, I had a buddy call me the other night. He's like, "Yeah, they have a bottle of Pappy uh, at, at this at the store down the street. You know, um, you know, what's a good price for it?" And he told me, "I'm like, man, I, I just wouldn't pay cash right. for that bottle." Um, and I think there's just a lot of other good bourbons and whiskeys and other stuff out there. Right. It's just it's, it's like it, it's, it's built up so much. It's like oh, it's pappy. Like that's yeah. like that's like the that's the holy grail. I always hear Blantons. Pappy. I always hear Blantons. Well, I, I guess it depends on on where you're at. Like right, Blantons, you might have a better shot at getting. Yeah, I feel like I could walk into a store one day and actually find a Blantons that I could purchase. I, Versus like I don't think I could ever do that with Pappies. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because of the fact it only comes out like once a year. Right. And right now it's bourbon season, so the the stuff that'll be dropping would include pack. Yes. Um, but again, it's I think it's just it's a mix of a status thing. It's a it's like owning a Tibor reel. It's like there's other reels I can catch the same fish, but it's not Tibor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. Tibor. All right, Ian. Uh, you have some closing words of wisdom for us, dude. I was just thinking about that. Um, 
All I'm going to say is bourbon is better than tequila, and hopefully Gabe agrees with that. <laughs> it, uh, it would depend. I would Tears of Lorona is fantastic, uh, and and there's some other brands out there that I would I would tend to argue, but uh, in moderation. Okay, we'll do another words of wisdom. Let me see what else I got. <laughs> that was just made up. Um, if you're fishing the Guadalupe. Be chill. <laughs> <laughs> don't be part of the drama loop, eh? Yeah, don't be part of the drama loop, eh? All right, guys. That's a good one. Well, I'll close on also if you want to get a gift for the person in your life that maybe already has everything. Wait, do we have an ad? What is going on? Yes, we have oh, an okay. ad. You can go to honeyholeangling.com <laughs> <laughs> and purchase them a stylish leather patch hat or maybe one of... Uh, Zach's famous fish the flat earth stickers. Fish the flat. Or, you know, get a fish mask sticker since COVID stills around. Yep. Fish mask, you know, doesn't look like it's going anywhere. (laughs) 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 We're just going to keep living like this. Yep. That sticker's not going old like we thought it was. We got in a week. Dude, honey hole loincloths would, like, weren't we talking about that earlier? That'd be so weird. You're a dude. Honey hole me undies. All right, guys. We'll see y'all next week. All right, bye, guys. Goodbye. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.